produced by Q News for the WIA. This is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. In the good year 2009, I'm Graham VK for Baker Baker. This is the WIA National News Service. 28 to 29 November, the same day as the WIA Springfield Day, is the big one, the Big Mountain Radio Challenge, a long-time running CB radio event in Australia. Tony Locke, who's the organiser of the MRC events, comments that the two events could complement each other as there are many high mountain tops registered already for the CB event, including Mount Barrow and Burnie in VK7 and Mount Fatigue and Mount Bunyoyong in VK3, along with many other mountains. The aim is to pass a message from the first to the last station and back again, a CB version of Chinese Whispers. HFCB Call Channel 27 on Upper Side and the UHFCB Call Channel of 27. There are set times to be listening, just check out the web edition. Now, from the mountaintops to the west, and here's some Jota news. Jamboree on the air is only a month away. And again, some 500,000 scouts worldwide, along with girl guides, will take part in Jamboree on the Air and Jamboree on the Internet. Every year there is a theme for Jota Jyoti, and this year the theme is Global Climate Change. Having a theme helps provide a framework for the weekend's activities. I look forward to hearing some interesting reports on Jota 2009. As in previous years, amateurs around the world will be invited to help out with a Jota activity and many will accept the challenge. Providing an interesting Jota has been quite difficult in the past several years due to poor propagation. So by providing an interesting program around the radio activities, an enjoyable weekend is assured. We must remember that for Scouts, the primary purpose of the Jamboree on the air is to make contact with other Scouts and to exchange information about what they do in Scouting. As amateurs, we assist for the same reasons, as well as for the promotion of amateur radio as an interest or hobby. Unlike a contest, Jota is not competitive, but it has the same excitement as a contest because we know the bands will be well used and whatever propagation exists will be used for maximum effect. There is growing interest by scouts in Jota and amateur radio, so there's no time like the present to give the hobby a boost by introducing it to young people. If you are approached by a scout or guide group to help out with Jota and or Jyoti, please consider saying yes. I would also like to point out that most states have laws relating to working with children and I advise you to find out from your scout contacts what the rules are in your state or territory. It's better to do this well before the event to allow the process time to work. Information about Jamboree on the Air and Jamboree on the Internet can be found at www.scouts.com.au That's www.scouts.com.au Look under the International Menu item. Check this site for updates regularly as the event comes closer. Jota and Jyoti are on October the 16th to the 18th. This is Bob, VK6, POP. Thanks, Bob. And this year there will be a National Jota opening address and that National Jota address will be available to all rebroadcasters. Just make sure you are subscribed to the WIA broadcasters at yahoogroup.com so you know when and where to download that opening address. 
A quick buzz around Australia, and in VK3, the Ballarat Amateur Radio Group's annual hamvention is happening very soon at their new location, the Ballarat Greyhound Racing Track. In VK4, as this news goes to air this morning, hams and support crews in the north have been enjoying themselves attending the 19th North Queensland Amateur Radio Convention. And in VK7, the next general meeting of the club is scheduled for Saturday, October 3, at the Alveston Lions Club facility. That's at the showgrounds, West Alveston. Starting time is 2pm. This is the WIA National News. Next, we'll hear from Jeff Emery, VK4 ZPP, in discussion point. Or probably this time round, we should call it Rewind. Jeff's on his way. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA... You're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In VK7, it can be heard on the VK7 repeater networks across Tasmania on MF and HF frequencies from 9am each Sunday, followed by the VK7 regional news broadcast from 9.30am. On behalf of VK7 OTC, I'm Peter Lee. Sometimes a trip down memory lane refreshes the awareness of how far things have come in a relatively short time. When we consider that our hobby of amateur radio is officially 100 years old and we have progressed from spark transmitters and coherers to software-defined radios, seen the development of the fermionic valve and its near demise and the invention of the transistor and its metamorphosis into the IC and the heart of any computer is packed with legions of dwarf semiconductors, it has been a fascinating ride, to say the least. Over the last week I've been able to reread Neville Williams' Australia's Radio Pioneers, published by Electronics Australia in 1994. Many of the names that we recognise from our hobby, such as Ross Hull and John Moyle, become more than just names on a contest. Much of the experimental work which brought about our countrywide broadcasting and television services was done by radio amateurs, or licensed experimenters, as they were known in the foundation years of wireless. So many of the notable experimenters of the past were also distinguished in their involvement in the Wireless Institute of Australia. Our hobby has traditions built on an historical base that we can be proud to uphold. As Drew Diamond, VK3XU, points out in the second of his articles on 130 kHz in this month's Amateur Radio magazine, it was the amateurs that made such big contributions to the understanding of long waves that were relegated to the supposedly unusable short waves. With VK advanced licensees now able to apply to once again use long waves, this could be the classic, everything old is new again. I'm Jeff, VK4ZPP. The Wireless Institute of Australia paves the way for new amateurs to our bands. Education, youth and advancement of amateur radio. I'm James, VK6NAH. Eurospace Week. Approximately 500 youngsters from different schools in the French part of Belgium came together with astronauts and cosmonauts as they participated in the Belgium Space Week 2009 from the 14th to the 18th of September. The theme of the event in the Eurospace Centre was Life in Space. Students talked to Belgium ESA astronaut Frank de Wynne and asked him questions about his life in the International Space Station 
and about his experience as UNICEF ambassador. Opportunity for young amateur to join the expedition. The operators of 6Y1V contest station in Hopewell, Jamaica, are offering a young radio amateur the chance to join their team for the 2009 CQWWSSB or CW contest. Applicants must be 21 or younger and the operator selected will receive an all expenses paid trip to join the team's operations in one of the two contest operations. To qualify, you must send an email to contest at 6y1v.com containing an essay of 500 words or more in English describing how you got started in amateur radio, who guided you through the process and why you should be selected for this DX and contest opportunity at 6Y1V. Please include your full name, call sign and home address. The 6Y1V group calls this project a gift to a young amateur whom has a passion for ham radio, DXing and contesting. For the WIA National News Service, I'm James VK6NAH in Perth, WA. From the WIA News Hub in Sydney and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed via VK1 WIA. International news with thanks to RSGB, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. IARU Region 3 Conference next month. The 14th Triennial Meeting of the International Amateur Radio Union Region 3, which covers Asia and the Pacific, will be held in Christchurch, New Zealand, the 12th to the 16th of October, and hosted by the NZART. Among the papers to be presented are those from the WIA on broadband over power lines, a review after three years of licence restructure, including the introduction of the Foundation Licence, the expanded 7 MHz band, and emergency communications. In other papers to be considered are those on electromagnetic compatibility, band planning, ethics and operating procedures for radio amateurs and intruder watch. Want to know more? Check out the internet address for all papers in the text edition of this news bulletin. Visiting India soon? The 18th Hamfest in India, Hamfest India 2009 and Bangalore Amateur Radio Club BARC say the VU2ARC Golden Jubilee celebrations are just around the corner. The event being conducted in Bangalore this year is scheduled for Saturday, Sunday, 7 and 8th of November 2009 and they welcome all hams and SWLs from around the world to be a part of this festival in Bangalore. Please log on to the worldwideweb.hamfestindia.com. N6MGM home lost in Sokol arson brush fire. The station fire which burnt in the hills north of Los Angeles has claimed the home of Mark Moore, N6MGM. N6MGM who works at Ham Radio Outlet in Burbank, California wanted everyone to know that he, his wife Amanda K6MDY, their children and pets are all in good health. They are, however, emotionally devastated because the fire consumed the home, its belongings and memories collected over many years. Moore's amateur radio station was also lost in the fire. The station fire destroyed about 230 square miles and is the largest on record in the Los Angeles County. Through Terry Graves and QRZ.com, Moore expresses his appreciation to all for support and best wishes. 
Oakland, centre flight, comms go out. Air traffic controllers at a major control centre in California say they were forced to use their personal cellular telephones to guide dozens of planes. This when the aircraft direction communication system briefly went out. The communications outage affected about half of the roughly 80 controllers on duty at the Oakland Centre in Fremont. Gone for several minutes were both radio and telephone communications. According to news reports, the controllers said they used personal mobile phones to contact other controllers to relay flight plan information to airplanes in the western region. The Federal Aviation Administration issued a statement saying that at no time were any planes in danger during the 15-minute outage and that only five flights were delayed. ELF claims to have toppled two radio towers in Washington. If you ever wondered if something you read on the World Wide Web is accurate, a radical group calling itself the Earth Liberation Front is claiming responsibility for toppling two radio station towers in Sonomish County, Washington, early Friday morning, September the 4th. The towers, owned by station KRKO, were felled using a stolen machine called an excavator. A sign left at the scene said the Earth Liberation Front was responsible. The two towers have been at the center of controversy for several years. There are four towers currently at the location, and there have been plans to build two more. Opponents of the expansion claim that radio waves can harm people and wildlife. More recently, nearby residents said that signals interfering with home phone and intercom lines have increased since KRKO recently boosted its broadcasting power. The station is still broadcasting on a backup transmitter and antenna. It says that it's going to offer a reward for information leading to the arrest and conviction of those responsible for this criminal act. The Suit Santu project now has a new name to go with its new shape. It is known as Arasat One. Aris chairman Gaston Bertels, ON4WF, announced the new name for the satellite project last week. The team is now moving ahead using the same hardware that was to fly in the Russian spacesuit that got tossed away into space. The Arasat One team is reconfiguring some of the modules to fit into the new space structure being designed by Bob Davis, KF4KSS, and his crew. No date as to when the Arasat One will be tossed into orbit from the ISS. And the HB9 AFO Swiss Cube webpage reports that ham radio satellite may be launched on September the 21st. Swiss Cube is one of four amateur radio satellites that will be launched from India on PSL VC-14 booster. More information on this hamsat is online at tinyurl.com forward slash Swiss Cube. Promoting amateur radio worldwide from the fourth plinth. Music publisher and amateur radio enthusiast Martin Maynard has been selected for the 4th plinth. His intention whilst on the plinth is to promote the hobby of amateur radio and raise awareness that it's an interesting and fulfilling hobby. The 4th plinth that Martin will occupy for one hour is part of a major living monument created by sculptor Anthony Gormley. The project has been choosing people from all over the UK to occupy the empty 4th plinth in Trafalgar Square in London a space normally reserved for statues of kings and generals. Martin has been allocated a slot on the plinth between 4 and 5 p.m. on Friday the 25th of September, during which he will operate a special amateur radio station featuring ICOM radio equipment. For this special occasion, Ofcom has issued the call sign GB1AO Alpha Oscar. 
Martin said, as a radio amateur, I will be setting up a small modern transmission station featuring Icon radios and during my hour will attempt to make contact with other amateurs around the country and maybe further afield. Every hour, 24 hours a day for 100 days without a break, different people from all walks of life are making the plinth their very own. The project is being streamed live on the event website which is www.oneandother.co.uk Martin lives in Pangville, Berkshire and was originally licensed in 1969 with an operating call sign of G8CIX. Martin is a successful businessman. He has worked in the fast-paced end of the music business. His company, Sounds Good Limited, makes CDs and DVDs and are involved in event management and radio hire. For more details of Martin's participation and to announce your support, go to www.gb1ao.com co.uk Martin's slot is 1600 to 1700 on Friday the 25th of September and the special event call sign is GB1AR Alpha Oscar Across Australia from VK1 WIA you're tuned to the WIA National News Service on the Sunshine Coast, it's relayed on 146.825 and 146.850 at 9am. I'm Gordon, VK4VP. Believe it or not, this story from our Weird and Wonderful file. As they say, weird and wonderful. Sometimes older technology can be just as good or even better than new innovations. A good example of that was the demonstration on television that Morse code is quicker than modern SMS texting on a mobile phone. Now a technology that existed prior to the Telegraph has come up trumps, as Jim Linton, VK3PC, explains. Paul Julius Reuter would be most pleased indeed on hearing news that a homing pigeon has been able to move data faster than Telcom, South Africa's leading internet service provider. Reuter used pigeons in the 1850s to transmit financial market information between Berlin and Brussels, and on that built the Reuters Economic Service and News Agency that continues today. The lack of broadband and its high cost is of concern to many within South Africa. A company called Unlimited IT enlisted a pigeon named Winston, who took just over an hour to fly between two of its offices with a data card strapped to his leg. Including the flight time, the downloading of the card took just two hours, while during the same time, only 4% of the same data could be transferred using a telecom line. Internet should become faster and cheaper when a new underwater fibre optic cable links southern and eastern Africa to other networks, just in time for the Soccer World Cup being held in South Africa next year. Produced by Q News for the WIA, this is the National News Service, relayed throughout Australia and originates from VK1 WIA. Operational News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ in Ingham. Special event calls begin DX in net advice. John M0OVL will be on the air stroke portable from Inafan IOTA reference EU109 on the 25th and 26th of September. He is restricted to just four hours of operations each day between 10 hours and 14 hours UTC. Activation is also dependent on the weather. Dale, VK4DMC, told us that Caesar V3LYC recently activated the Otto Islands NA230 
as VY-0-0, which turned out to be a big adventure for him. Bad weather, polar bears, boat problems, engine, back engine and sinking. Despite this, he made a total of 3,000 QSOs with stations on all continents. 53% of the contacts were on CW. Tonga Ministry of Communications and Information September 8th has authorised amateur radio operation on the 60-metre band, 5.330 to 5.405 MHz, on a secondary restricted basis. The 60-metre band plan will be the same as is authorised by the FCC, that is, channelised USB only. 2.8 kHz maximum bandwidth with a 50-watt PEP-ERP limit. The 60-metre authorisation is effective immediately. K7GGV Jerry Gall hails from Oregon and as a former radio broadcaster stroke engineer has started the 14.316 MHz broadcaster's HF net. This Sunday's 23 hours UTC. This is a gathering place for former and current radio TV broadcasters engineers and open it with roundtable discussions, technical tips and ideas and more. Wireless weather. Solar maximum sunspot count just 90. The U.S. Department of Commerce, NOAA, Space Weather Prediction Center, have issued a prediction that the next solar maximum will be May 2013 with a predicted sunspot count of just 90. This prediction follows on from other gloomy forecasts from various sources. However, it must be remembered that humankind knows next to nothing about the sun's behavior. Data from solar-observing satellites goes back barely three decades, and visual recordings of sunspot data only extends over a few centuries. It is likely that the sun's activity is influenced by a mixture of a number of short and longer-term cycles, some of which may extend over many millennia. It will be quite some time before we can fully understand the complex nature of the sun. The latest prediction can be seen at the web version of this newscast on wia.org.au. Finally, in operational news from VK1WIA, Intruder Watch Enforcement Zone. Dutch authorities propose rebanding D-Star into 70cm satellite band. Information received at Southgate Amateur Radio Club News suggests the Netherlands have indicated a growing threat to frequencies allocated and used by the Amateur Satellite Service. Worldwide, including the Netherlands, amateur use of frequencies in many portions of the 70cm band are allocated as secondary uses. The threat arises from proposals to move the output frequency band of terrestrial D-star repeaters from the 439-440 MHz range down to 437-438 MHz. Dutch regulators have halted amateur D-star repeater licensing in that country because they plan to reallocate 439.500 MHz and upward to the differential GPS DGPS service. Despite protests from Dutch amateur radio operators, amateur radio clubs in surrounding countries and regulators in nearby countries, it seems as if the Dutch authorities are still planning on this frequency reallocation to favour DGPS operation. If completed, this reallocation of the terrestrial D-star repeater outputs would place them right in the downlink band of the amateur satellite service. This would have immediate operational impact on European amateur satellite stations. Longer term, it may open the door for future infringement on satellite operations in other countries. A fix for BPL zone interference? Apparently, a problem being experienced by power companies setting out on the path of powerline communications or BPL is that their systems can generate radio frequency interference that disrupts the throughput of data. Exacta Incorporated of Columbus, Ohio, claims to have the technology that can improve power system infrastructure by locating any radio frequency interference it generates. Hmm. 
The company uses a vehicle-mounted sensor combined with GPS technology that can take readings as the vehicle travels. Interference, even at a low level, such as arcing connections or insulators, are automatically mapped, enabling maintenance crews to be dispatched to fix the problems. Apparently failing or poorly installed equipment can literally stop data transmissions over power lines. Interesting. How the technology, which Xacta describes as having a patent pending, differentiates between power line noise and BPL radio frequency pollution is not known. I'm Jim Linton, VK3PC, and you're listening to VK1WIA. Across Australia from VK1WIA National News Service. In Ballarat and Western Victoria, it can be heard on VK3RWA Ben Nevis Repeater 147 100MHz at 11am every Sunday. I am Bob, VK3NBV. G'day, I'm Aidan, VK3FABA. Media Watch, Amateur Radio Preview, September 2009. From time to time, one of our amateur radio articles provokes a reader to say, hang on a minute, all technical words to that effect. This time it was the article by Lloyd Butler, VK5BR, in the August issue, which described the transmission line balance meter. Read the Over to You discussion on page 11, sent in by Rod Reynolds, VK3AAR, together with their response from WICN, that's the Wallace Institute Civil Emergency Network, did some really good work during the Victorian bushfires last February, and some of it was written up in Amateur Radio, May issue, pages 12 and 14. Now, WIA President Michael Owen, VK3KI, is asking, what about WICN? In his regular column on page 3, Michael examines the past, present and future of WICEN and asks for comments or advice from anyone with an interest. Drew Diamond, VK3XU, who's probably the most frequent contributor, is exploring the propagation of signals on 136 kilohertz. See page 12 for a very instructive but easy-to-follow explanation of how long-wave radio signals behave adjacent to the earth and this is really long wave at about 2200 meters drew is always good reading don't skip over this one on page two editor peter freeman now vk3 pf reports on a disaster at his qth brought about by the most recent storms peter is currently scanning ar mag for a new mast plus several replacement antennas to make good the damage. Nevertheless, October Amateur Radio will be published on time as always. I'm Aiden VK3FABA for the WIA News Service. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. VK3 Kids in in space. Space. VK3DQ on behalf of the Sherbrooke Community Radio Club says that the Sherbrooke Community School will be making a contact with the space station during the week starting the 26th of October. And the school club station is VK3KID, so kids in space. An email from Tony VK5ZAI last week saw frantic activity with the teaching staff, students and local amateurs gearing up to prepare for the contact, which is at short notice after a school in Canada cancelled. And VK3KID was offered the slot, so it's been all hands to the work. The students who are going to speak to the space station have been selected and they're busy devising their questions and brushing up on their on-air techniques. 
John VK3DQ visited the school for the morning staff meeting, followed by the school morning student meeting, and found both the staff and students bubbling with excitement. And the Radio Shack saw many visitors during the day. Jim VK3AMN, president of the Sherbrooke Community Radio Club, has accepted the extra workload with a huge grin. Interested amateurs and friends are all welcome to attend, and there will be a full day of activities in addition to the contact. For more information, email vk3dq at wia.org.au. Worldwide special interest groups, Rescue Radio. Technology Mix gets the group together. Wyson Tasmania South holds a net each Thursday evening, and Michael VK7FMRS was out of range of any repeater and could not participate. The September edition of the ARRL's QST magazine included an article titled Bridge the Round Table Gap with Skype and provided a solution to coverage to the deep south of VK7. Roger, VK7ARN Wyson Secretary, set up a Skype account with a computer-linked radio and using a Skype conference call was able to link in Michael as if he was linked via RF. All reported excellent results with many opportunities for this technology. Think about a local VHF radio net with overseas guests. Of course, the combined net is restricted to licensed amateurs as the, all participants end up on air. Thanks to Roger VK7ARN for that story, and I'm Justin VK7 Tango Whiskey. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Thanks, Robert, and thanks to all our contributors. Thank you for listening to WIA National News. We better get out of here. Time's running short. Don't forget in VK's 1, 2, 4, 5, 6 and 7, local news does follow. I'm Graham VK for Baker Baker. Catch you next week. Till then, walk softly. In the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1 WIA. We've reported. You decide.